You're listening to It Gets Messy, a conversation between two Christian friends working out what it means to follow Jesus outside of traditions and culture. His name is Vantage. My name is Hashim. In this season, we're discussing sexual purity and purity culture. All the good, all the bad, but mostly the ugly. Welcome to It Gets Messy. I have a friend who has a podcast where they've talked a little bit about purity culture. I listen to other podcasts and read a bunch of stuff that talks about purity culture. Before we uh, talk about the things that happened that were positive in our lives and the many things that happened that weren't positive, I want to take it to the scriptures and, and share what we're calling the three pillars of purity culture. <laughs> the three scriptures that I think both of us heard so often and was the justification for so much that I actually want to read and acknowledge these scriptures uh, before we uh, kind of go forward. It's Ephesians 5, 3. Uh, it's Matthew 5, 27 through 30. And it's 1 Timothy 5, uh, 1 and 2. So I know some people who, uh, who have gone through tough purity culture churches are probably triggered by me even saying those numbers. <laughs> it can probably just read off the top of your head or as, as we start reading it, you, you'll know how to finish uh, the rest of it. But I just want to read this here so you understand um, why we're ministers, why we're Christians uh, pushing purity culture. Why do, why do people do that even today? Um, I think these three scriptures are a big reason why. So Vanish, read Ephesians 5, 3. Sure. Uh, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Not even a hint. Well, not even a hint. Not even what does that mean? Well, whatever it means, people made up a lot of rules for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'll read Matthew 5, 25, 27 through 30. And actually, actually, before you transition there, it's like even that language, not even a hint. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old, and I don't think I've used that phrasing in any other out usage outside of that scripture. Yes. Like a hint, like, you know, so I mean, coming into a culture using that, that's describing something in a way that you don't know, or you don't believe, right. it, like, that can mean anything. Not even a hint can mean complete and utter non-existence. Or not even a hint might be, yeah, just not even a whiff, you know, not even a, a fragrant aroma. Like, but if you don't know the words, you take it however you want to take it. <laughs> you know, you'll take it to right. wherever you think it needs to go. Right. You know, also, before we read more, I just want to give a disclaimer. Myself, Hashim, and Vantage, we're two dudes who like the Bible and live for Jesus. Like, we are not teachers. We're not ministers. We raise our children. And with our friends, we chop on the scriptures and try to figure out what the spirit is saying. Like, and also we're not your ministers. So you're hearing us have a conversation about these things. Um, go read, uh, go talk to your minister and, and your friends about this. But this is us just chopping on these scriptures and, and trying to learn from each other. And, and if you, and if you guys, if you don't agree with me or you don't agree with Hashim or, you know, you think that we're, you know, coming up, we won't judge you for that. It's okay. You know, you right. can, we won't, we, you know, you're, you're still good and you're still good in our sight. Yeah, exactly. So Matthew 25, 5, 20, 
Matthew 5, 27 to 30, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Vantage, imagine 17-year-old Hashim reading the scripture. I was like, no, no, no. I am not going to look, even if I look lustfully, no. Throwing to hell? Nah. Ain't doing it. I'll, I'll gouge out my own eye. <laughs> I'll cut off my hand. You know, so... Yo, this this had a deep impact on me. This was the stuff of nightmares right here. This scripture was the stuff of nightmares. Yeah. I mean, uh, this scripture, um, basically, I've used it to justify not listening to hip hop um, for a number of years. That's a good one. I use the scripture to, uh, you know, to, you know, not not watch, not watch certain programs, not watch certain. I mean, I was a big fan of The Wire. I stopped watching The Wire, I think, because of a scripture like this. And it also, it kind of made, it kind of made me feel like that there's things inherently wrong with me. And once I come across those things, I got to cut them off. It kind of creates this thing that whatever is coming out of me needs to be cut off. It kind of keeps you from seeing the good in, you know, in myself and things I I should hold on to. You know, it's like focus on the negative and cut off the negative. Yeah, there's positive stuff there, but we got to we got to cut off. We got to cut out these weeds, you know, and yeah, that was definitely transformative in my um, in my walk. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get more into this uh, for the episodes, but I've used the scripture to tell other people they need to cut it out because they're making me lust. So I've said <laughs> you are making me lust, so you need to. You need to stop that. So I wasn't even applying this correctly. It, it said, if I'm lusting, they cut out my own eye. But I'm going around like a sheriff telling other people what they should wear. And I've also used this to, especially if I was helping someone to become a Christian, if I got into my mind where I know what they should do in order to live for Jesus and live a pure life, I would actually come up with the thing that they needed to do and then demand that they need to do it because of the scripture, no matter how extreme it was. That included a couple living together. uh, You need to leave your house. So um, again, it gets messy. (laughs) Like one person who did that is still a Christian to this day and actually reconnected with uh, the person and they have a happy marriage. But just imagine me in my early 20s telling someone, to do that. Like I came up with that rule. It wasn't like Jesus is telling them here, you cut off your thing. You know, <laughs> like, I don't think they, he was saying, yeah, Hashim, go tell them to cut it off. Like, it's just, I, I just don't think I did that the right way. So. Well, that's, that's, that's where we are in Christianity right now. You know, like I believe that Jesus taught a Christianity that was, that was uh, personal. It was very much about you controlling yourself, you know, but we've, we've taken that and it, and we've, and we've turned it around where I feel like contemporary Christianity 
is more concerned with you out there, you know, outside of myself, my responsibility is to make sure you do the right thing. You know, whether I do the right thing or not, you know, you know, that's, that's, that's right. not important, but I need to regulate everyone outside. It's almost as if like the theme is if everyone regulates everyone else, then everyone will make it. And it's like, that's, right. that, that ain't what Jesus said. <laughs> right. And, and you touched on, I, I think was the theme of our whole podcast, which is the problem of purity culture is control. Yeah. So we're not anti-purity. No. <laughs> we're not, we purity believe in these scriptures. It's control that's the problem. And again, consult your minister, consult your uh, favorite Bible book, uh, consult the spirit. But these three scriptures that we're reading, um, I believe that the purpose of them was freedom and love. Uh, the ability to, to love other people without taking advantage of them and the ability to have uh, like freedom uh, from sin, not control. So when we turn something that was meant for love and freedom into control, you have what we're calling purity culture. And, and that's what we're against, not actual purity, which again, even when I first started learning about purity culture, I said, wait a minute, but shouldn't it be like that? And uh know that the difference the difference between love and freedom and control there's a huge difference and, and we as humans always seem to slide into the control part well Dennis, I, can you read the can you read the last one uh first timothy 5 1 through 2 sure it's like a hebrew israelite just like asking you to read like read <laughs> you know but before we before we jump into that um uh, I, I think that what you just said uh, was actually very powerful. I think when I first studied the Bible, um, one of the things that was very clear to me, because my dad had a uh, kind of hybrid Catholic Islam religiosity. It wasn't a religion, but you know there were a lot of reli religious ideas that floated around my house. Um, well, so when I studied the Bible, one of the things that really stood out to me was just how um, how not specific a lot of scriptures were. And I was just like, you know, like God leaves a lot of room for people to figure stuff out. And, and it's, and it's, it's throughout the scriptures. Like, you know, there are things that he's very like black and white about, but then there's other things. It's like, listen, figure it out. Figure you, know, it out. you have the, you have the grace to, you know, to do that. And I was like, like, how do you tell someone to figure it out? Like, like if they figure it out wrong, they're going to hell. So like how you can't just leave it open. Right. But as I'm, as I'm learning and growing and understanding more about God, I'm starting to see that it's not so much about the, the uh, it's not like, um, like uh, Olympic gymnastics. You know, it's not like he's deducting points for, you know, because you <laughs> aren't, you know, pointed in the right direction. You, you know, you, you weren't completely flexed out. But I think I think God is more about the whole package. It's like, OK, yeah, these things you're not good at. But even that story about the um, the three, the, the talents, the characters with the talents and, Jesus, and the, 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 the man gave his three servants talents. And the one servant took his talents and, and multiplied it. It's like, 
we don't know how much money he actually lost before it became multiplied. And we know we don't know, we don't have any of those details. It's just that we know that he was That's given something. He was given something and he did something with it. And the only one that got in trouble was the one who didn't do anything. And it's like, I think that's what God is looking for with us. Whether we get caught up in the right and the wrong and the black and the white and the morality stuff, I think he's more about like, are you taking what I'm giving you and moving? You know, like I might only have given you a a, a spirit of conviction on, on, you know, tithing. It's like, cool. What did you do with it? Did you allow somebody else to influence what the spirit was moving you to do in this area? And I think that's, I think that's where I'm starting to see more of in, in my walk is uh, just that God is, God is more concerned with the overall and less, less con- I want to say less concerned because that, that can be taken many different ways, but you know, God is, is, is full of grace and mercy for a reason. Yeah. I hear what you're saying about um, less concern. I shy away from that too. I, I kind of say, say that uh, God, he's given me a certain task. He fills in the rest. Right. When I try to fill in the rest, then I get, I get into trouble. One of the things that I try to fill in is my friends or my children uh, doing the right thing. God is like, no, I want you to love them and forgive them and be close to them and be there for them and represent me and, and things like that. And I'm like, but what about them doing the right thing? <laughs> you know, but even with me, there's just weird things that the Bible says where the spirit is uh, more involved than I think it even should be. You know, one scripture is like, we don't know what to pray. The spirit will say those things for you. I'm like, but wait a minute, I, you know, and, and parables that talk about the kingdom and we just need to plant and water and God makes it grow. And we don't even need to pick, pull up weeds. It's like, wait a minute, God, like, what is my job then? And it turns out, I think the, the thing that, again, the right word is not concerned, but the thing that I feel like God is holding us to is kind of full devotion with love he makes us grow. He makes our friends grow. We go through ups and downs. But Vantage, I, I've never heard that kind of perspective of the guy of talents. And we don't know, we don't know when, how up or down the investment went. That's really interesting. That's, that's, that's a mind-bending thing for me. We just know the very end, he had 10 times. But we don't know. It could have been like Bitcoin. It could have been, you know, going <laughs> up and down, right? Yeah. You know, but, but but taking that long view is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So um do you want to read first Timothy yeah. five, one through two? Yes. Here we go. Um, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. With absolute purity. <laughs> Vantage, absolute purity. Yeah. That means I can tell you whatever. As long as I say, hey, brother, this is absolute purity I'm talking about. <laughs> that is a love of the scriptures. Yeah. And, but how are we supposed to marry our wives, right? But we got to treat them as sisters. It was a weird, it was a hard thing for me. Like, 
but you're my sister, but also I'm attracted to you. This doesn't, this doesn't compute. This scripture was a hard scripture for me in terms of uh, dating and what my dating should be like. So this was a, a confusing scripture for me. Like, how, how did you take this scripture? That scripture had me all messed up in the club, like all, all the time. Right. Because it's like, I, I found myself not purposefully not dating the, the woman I was attracted to. Because it's like, how can I treat you with absolute purity if I'm like, you know, if I'm being stirred up by your presence? Right. I actually know a, a couple of, I mean, I should say I've heard of because I wasn't necessarily close to um, the individuals because you weren't allowed to be close to, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't be close to the pretty girls because, you know, that was, it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't spiritual. I don't know, whatever the, whatever the reasoning was, but I, I have heard stories about women who came into the church and did not get attention from the men in the church, uh, possibly because of their presentation. It's sad that, you know, the, the flip side of, of purity culture can actually hurt the very people it's trying to protect. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's, that's deep. Yeah. Like if you're trying to live out this scripture, but let's say you feel aroused by someone because you're attracted to them, you actually not being friends with them to protect yourself and them and them not seeing the friendships that they're supposed to get. That's, that's a, a great example of purity culture actually harming people uh, that's supposed to help. So yeah, that's a great example. I would even I would even take it one step further. Like we we're not very good at listening to the spirit and hearing the spirit of God, even though it's it's present. It's the spirit of God is what walks with us daily, you know. But but we're we're not really trained how to listen to the spirit. You know what we may take as attraction, may be the spirit of God saying, you know. This is a person that you you need to build a friendship with for a platonic reason. <clears throat> we don't know what the spirit's intention is, but when I do that calculation of I'm stirred up sexually by this person's presence, so in order for me to do the right thing, it's not practice self-control. <laughs> me doing the right thing is running away from this, this temptation, cutting it off, if you will. And I think that that is a misapplication. I, I, I believe, I, I know situations where I think I have been um, harmed by that interpretation. And I know situations where other people have been harmed by that interpretation. Exactly. So I think that this is a good place to end it. Uh, so we have a lot more uh, stories coming, a lot more discussions coming um, about purity culture, about what we've been through, about the scriptures. So hopefully you know where we're coming from how we feel about God, how we feel about the scriptures, uh, how we feel about purity culture, why we think purity culture is not the right way. And I hope that you rock with us. I hope that this conversation helps you have more conversations and we'd love for you to join us on this journey. Thank you for listening to It Gets Messy. You can go to messyforjesus.com for more information about the podcast and additional resources.